rest in you. Just float. Holy Spirit, come tonight and just come and minister to our hearts. Lord, as we worship you, we just declare that we love you and we lift up the name of Jesus, the name that's higher above any other name, the name given to the Most High. Lord, we just worship you. We adore you. Father, we just we bow before you and we, we give ourselves, Lord, as a living and a holy sacrifice. Thank you, Lord, that your presence come and your anointing breaks every yoke. And tonight, Father, you liberate and set hearts free. Father, let your word come. Your word is unfailing. The incorruptible seed of God, let it fall into the fertile hearts. Lord, let us receive. Let it anchor us. Let it grow. Father, you say that we are already clean because of the word that you spoke to us. Father, like the rain fell tonight, come and wash us with the word. Come and fill us up. Let us overflow. We are hungry and thirsty, Lord, for your presence. In your presence, we are changed. In your presence, we are set free. We are liberated. God just want to come and tell you tonight how much He loves you. And I just hear again, God says, I've called you by your name. I know your name. And He said, God wants to anchor in your heart tonight that you know who you are in Christ. And He says, I called you with a purpose. I called you with victory. I called you with gifts and I want you to run. I want you to run with that that I've given you. You're about to see a new fragrance, a new flavor of Christ being released over your life. The word says, Father, that your name is like honey on our lips. What a beautiful name. The name of Jesus. We just worship you, Lord. We just worship you. Come on, and I just sense that God wants to stir up faith. If you've been afraid, God speaks to you and you've been afraid to trust Him. I want you really to just, just hook onto God right now and say, Lord, I'm so scared, I'm so afraid, but I'm, I want to trust you. I want to rely not on the things that I see, but on the word that you speak. Your word is unfailing and unshakable. And tonight we're going to choose, Lord, to stand upon your word. Because your word liberates. Your word is the truth. And when we hear the truth, it shall set us free. God is a waarmaker van sy woord. He watches over his word. Ready to perform it in your life. Father, we take you seriously. Tonight on your word, say we know God is not a man that he can lie, but the things that he said and promised over our lives, that it will come to full effect. Thank you, Jesus. And we say amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, guys. Amen. It's such a privilege to be here and Voted and thought, thank you for the privilege. And yeah, he said we planted a living word, Pretoria East. So I'm going to do it my best to give it in living Pretoria East flavor. Amen. I can praat Afrikaans, I'm a Boersian. But I can begin to my Afrikaans taal, want I'm so in Engels bedient. So forgive me as I can, but it's actually for him what Engels is, what I can for now and come word here. Amen.
Alright, want ons moet die nasies bereik, en hy, hy het nodig om die volle boodskap mooi te hoor. <laughs> Ek spot so my net. Amen, so, it's such a privilege, and God is good, and I just want to bless you guys as well. That you really know Christ, and that you experience Him, and that you taste the fullness of who He is. And tonight I want to share, uh, I see that they've, they've given the title, Hidden in Christ, and I want to speak that we are hidden in Christ. If you want to go to Colossians 3, if you want a page with me, I've got a few scriptures, but otherwise you can just take in and really take this message. And, and, and I've been working through a few things, and I've listened to quite a lot of teaching, and God is starting to, to do something in my life. And, and I want to speak about being hidden in Christ, to hide in Christ. Colossians 3 from verse 1 says this, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ to ease your life appears, then you also will appear with Him in glory. Amen? When Christ to ease your life appears, you will appear with Him in glory. And I say... These last few weeks or months, I've been saying that, that Christ is coming back for a mature bride. And we need to grow up. We need to become mature that we can get ready. For us in our natural ways in South Africa, it's illegal to marry someone that's not of age. It's, it's illegal. And, and I try to pull it through to say, but the same Christ is waiting for us as his bride to mature, to grow up, that he can't come and, and fetch us. So we need to grow up. And, and who of you struggle to sometimes live a good Christian life. We struggle, we struggle to live a good Christian life. Is that even possible? To, to have a good, you know, we, die mense praat ons baie van, as hulle baie keer van iemand praat, sê hulle, hierdie ouwe, en hy is een groot christen. Is een groot christen. I don't know if you talk that way, um, maar, maar hulle sê, ja, hy is een groot christen, and, and sometimes we just find it so difficult to, to do a good Christian life, to, we try our very best, and, we just do it a few times, and we get it right one or two or three weeks. We get it right to be a really good Christian, and then crash. We just fail, and we struggle. And Romans 17, or 7 verse 19 says this, for, for I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want, I keep on doing. Paul speaks on that, and he says that, that we struggle, but, but Colossians 3, I think we struggle because of a few things that we miss some fundamental truths that we miss. And the first thing that he says is this, is that you've been raised with Christ. Now, we sometimes forget that we live a resurrection life in Christ. Amen? Amen? Jylle kan helft van die preek saampreek, ne? Alright, jylle kan amen sê. So, we forget that we've been raised with Christ. Paul speaks that he says that, that we don't get saved so that one day when you die you can go to heaven. That's correct? We get saved because we want souls in heaven. Correct? Okay? But he says that's only half of the truth. We get not just saved to go to heaven one day when you die, but he says that, that Christ has given us life when you're hidden in Christ, when, you're, when you find your life in Christ. He says that it's not just to go to heaven, but it's also to rule and to reign with Christ here in this life. Amen. Come on. God says he wants us to rule and reign with him in this life. So God wants you to taste the life that's overflowing, that's abundant, that's in him. When Christ to ease your life appears, you will appear with him in glory. 
He speaks in, uh, Jesus speaks in, in John 17 and he says, Father, the glory that you've given me, now I give to them. We have to release and bring out the glory of God. It's inside of us. The glory must come out. God has given you gifts and talents and all these things and he wants to flow through you. Concerning God's word and the earth, he said, I'm going to work through you. So God wants to use you, and you need to be used by God, so you need to be available. So we struggle because we forget that we are raised with Christ. We live a resurrection life. The second thing he says that you have to set your mind on the things that are above. We know this many times, and even Natasha and I, we get ourselves um, where we go through difficult things, and I say, ah, we know the truth, but we don't always apply it. And he says, set your mind on the things that are above, that's, that's above. So shape your life by giving shape to it, not being shaped by it. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, if you go and look and conformed and transformed, is don't be conformed. So it says, don't be shaped by it or don't take the shape of the world. But be transformed and the renewing of your mind is give shape to it. So don't take the shape of the world. Let the world shape you. But give shape to the world that God gives you. The spirit of life which is in Christ. Amen. So we need to set our minds on the things that are above. The third thing is also that he says you died with Christ. And many times we, we try to live the good Christian life and do things. And we forget that we died with Christ. Meaning that we're supposed to be dead. We're supposed to be dead, but we struggle. Our flesh is quite active many times. And then the, the, the last thing is that your life is hidden in Christ. So Christ must be your life. Christ must be your life. So that's what we get from Colossians is that you are raised. You live a resurrection life. You died with Christ. You have to renew your thinking and you, you have to hide yourself. You, you need to be hidden in Christ. Christ must be your life. And that's, that's, if you can get to Christ who is my life, a piercing glory, you'll start seeing the Spirit move. You'll start seeing things happening and realizing in your life. Now Jesus speaks, and, and, and if, we see, if we say hidden in Christ, you are hiding in Christ. So let's look at who's Christ, who's Jesus. Who is He? The Word says Jesus has been given the name above all other names. We just sang it now as, as well, that, that your name is higher, your name is greater. You see, all my hope is in you. So hidden in Christ means what is available to you. And that's what I want to share tonight is what's available to you if you hide in Christ. So Jesus comes and he teaches in, in Matthew 6. We know it as the Lord's Prayer, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. We know that, that scripture where, where he teaches. And Jesus says this. Remember, if, um, if we speak about the, the, the covenant people and the Hebrews and the Jews, we, we need to start thinking like them. We need to start thinking so that we can understand because we, the Greek minds, we want to understand everything. But, but the, 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 Hebrew, the Hebrews feel. They don't think, they feel. They feel things. So, and they're not going to say anything that's not abundant in their hearts. Die woord sê waar die van die hart van vol is, loop die mond van oor. So they don't, they don't say anything that's not really revelation or that's abundant in their hearts that can come out. So, so Jesus speaks to, to the crowds and he says this, that, that um, you know, what, what he's actually saying is that if you've built enough of the things inside, you can actually give voice to that. If you've built enough um, of what you want to say inside of you, you can speak out of your mouth and out of the abundance of your heart, life will flow. Out of the abundance of your heart, this is what you should say then. Our Father in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Now you guys know that scripture and he says, give us our daily bread and forgive us, forgive us our debts and deliver us from evil, all those things. So he's touching. Jesus goes through a few issues here. He touches on some things. But let's just look at that first verse that he says, hallowed be thy name. Hallowed, the word in, in Hebrew means hagiatso, hagiatso, hagiatso. And it's, it's to render, to acknowledge, or to become aware of his name. It's to render, or to acknowledge, or become aware of. Now, have you ever prayed and we just go and say, Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus, and we start. Who of you prays like that? And we just start and we do our list and we pray. But he says here, when you pray, out of the abundance of your heart, listen, do this. Father, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. We render, we acknowledge, and we become aware of who, you, of who you are. What do you become aware of? Well, everything that the name entails. Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. So what's the name of God? He says, I come and I acknowledge and become aware of, uh, I'm becoming aware of your name. So um, his name is, is, is not just the name. It's, it's actually a whole environment. It's a place where, where, where all kinds of things are in it. His name, if we say, we hallow your name, he says that you give honor or you give worth to the name over your own worth. You give worth to his name over your own worth. It's where you become now God-aware instead of self-aware. You say, hallowed be your I come, I acknowledge and I become aware of, of your name, everything that your name entails, instead of self-awareness, where you just acknowledge his name, the name that Jesus says this in John 17. He prays and he says that what I've quoted now, Father, the glory that you've given me, I now give to them. And also Jesus prays, verse 6, John 17, verse 6, he says, Father, I have manifested your name to the people. I have manifested your name to the people. Do you realize that, that in, the, in the Hebrew culture, it works different how they give names? All right, we, when we find out we're pregnant, we start looking for names and all those things, and they first get the child born, and they see according to his character, according to his gift and bend, they give a name. So a name is a prophetic utterance of character. A name is prophetic utterance of character, who you are. So for Jesus to say, Father, I have manifested your name. It means this, that he had to exactly manifest everything that the Father is. Think about it. If he says, I've manifested your name, a name is prophetic utterance of the whole character of who God is. Then Jesus said, actually, I've actually lived out of, I've manifested everything that you are. Everything that you are. So, Remember this, just tie this in your head. We are hidden in Christ. So who's Jesus? If he says, I'm the one who manifested who you are, the name, the one that we acknowledge, who is that name? What is that name? And I want to share that and just the progression of how Jesus revealed himself and got to the place where he's the name above all names, where we are hidden. If we are hidden in Christ, it's everything that's available to us. Amen. Everything that we have in His name is available to us. So you've got a choice in your life. When you are hidden in Christ, you are raised with Him. So you're given a choice. You can either manifest the name of Jesus or you can manifest the image that you try to be. Sometimes we do a lot of things and try to be someone to impress somebody that we actually don't even like. So we can either manifest the name of Jesus or an image we're trying to uphold. 
I'd rather go for trying to manifest Jesus, to, to be like that. You see, we cannot live the good Christian life. Jesus said, I live the life for you, so through Him, we can surrender our lives and let the life of Christ flow through us. Amen? You cannot live the good Christian life. It's, I've been raised with Christ, I died with Christ, and I let the life of Christ flow through me. So who is that? Bill Johnson, he speaks about the Holy Spirit. He says, the Holy Spirit, when Jesus was baptized, came like a dove and he rested upon Jesus. And he says, if there's a dove on your shoulder sitting there, they're very fragile birds. If there's a dove on your shoulder and you walk around, how are you, how are you going to walk around? How are you going to go about it? He says, every step with a dove in mind. Every step you take with a dove in mind. You see, that's the Holy Spirit. Every step we take with the Spirit of God in mind. So Jesus comes and he says, I've manifested your name. I've manifested your name. So the truth is this, whatever you honor, whatever you hallow, whatever you become or you acknowledge in secret must come in, in manifest in public. Whatever you become aware of in secret, manifest in public. So if you become aware of all your insecurities or your anger or whatever, or your guilt, it just manifests in public. But when you become aware of the gracious God, the goodness, the compassionate one, the one who's slow to anger, rich in love. If you're starting to become aware of that in secret, that's what you'll start manifesting in public. Amen? Amen? That's saying. All right. That's a cue. I can't cute So when Jesus manifested the name, it was a process through years that he actually revealed. So let's go back and history, Exodus 6. Exodus 6, God speaks to Moses and I says, Moses, God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I am the Lord. And this is the first time God reveals himself as Jehovah. Jehovah, he says, I am the Lord. But the word that he uses, Jehovah, he says, I am Jehovah. This didn't happen before. He says, I am Jehovah. Now, it would have confused Moses because if you go and look in Exodus 6, verse 3 and 4, he says this, I appeared to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob as God Almighty, El Shaddai. Um, but by my name, the Lord, Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. So that's a bit confusing to, Abraham, or, or to, to, to Moses now because he says, I am Jehovah. He says, a name that I did not reveal myself to in, in, in this. Now, it's confusing because in Hebrew covenant, if you, if you cut covenant with somebody, you, 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 you have to know what's their name because you exchange names. It's part of the ritual is that you exchange names. So, so trading names. So you don't just want to go into covenant with anybody. You need to know what your name entails because you might be signing up for something really bad. All right? I first had to check Natasha's profile quite a, quite a lot before I got married, you know, for all the benefits. But, um, yeah. So when you change names, you become responsible for all those things as well. You become responsible. So this is huge. So God says that I am, I appear to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, else should die. But by my name, Jehovah, I did not make myself known to them. So, even though I made a covenant, he says, I did not reveal everything about myself. I didn't reveal everything who I am to Abraham at that time. 
So Abram comes, and this is where God cuts covenant with Abram. He's about 99 years old, and, and God appears to him, Genesis 17, verse 1 and 2. And he says, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me, be blameless, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. We know in, in Genesis 12, the, the blessing and what God says that, go to the land that I shall give you and you shall be a blessing to all the people and all the nations of the earth and I will bless you. And whoever curses you, I will curse. Whoever bless you, I will curse. I will bless. And it says, through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So God comes and he gives these promises. So God shows up to Abraham as El Shaddai, God of all might. Why? 500 years between Abraham and Moses but, but he comes and he appears to Abram as God Almighty. Why? Why? Why do you think he comes and reveals himself to, to Abram as God Almighty? At that stage where Abram was when God met him, Abram was a sun worshiper. He was worshiping the sun. You see, so, so the problem with being a sun worshiper is what? Is at night the sun goes down, right? So your God goes to sleep. So where's your God now? So they've got a problem because the next morning the sun comes up. They can worship the sun again. So at night, there's no God. So you worship the sun, only have a God by day. But when the sun goes down, you've got no God. So, so, they, they, saw, so they, they saw but sun by day, and then what comes up in the evening? The moon. So now they worship the moon. So it's sun by day, we worship the sun. And by night, we worship the moon. So one goes up, other one goes down. One goes up, the other one goes down. This is quite confusing, because if you have the sun and the moon to worship, What's your question? You want to know who's in charge. You want to know really who's, who's calling the shots. Who's the big one now? Is it the sun or the moon? So, so he wants to know, but who's the one who's really in charge? So sun goes up, moon goes down, sun comes up, moon. And that's how he goes. And God appears to Abram, a, a rich sun worshiper. He did nothing to earn anything. He did nothing to earn anything. Just God came and he says, I'm calling you. And I'm choosing you, and I want you to follow me. So he wants to cut covenant. So what did we say? If you cut covenant, you exchange names. So he says, I want to cut covenant with you, Abram. And Abram says, all very well. Who are you? Who are you? I need to know your name in order to cut covenant with you. Who are you? And he says, I am El Shaddai, the God who's got all might. You see what he speaks to Abram? You've got the sun, you've got the moon, you worship him. I am El Shaddai, the God who's got all might. That solves all his problems. So now he knows who's in charge. I'm the God of all might. I'm the one who's in charge. God Almighty, the God who's got all might. All right, so Abraham is not confused anymore. He says, okay, I know. You're the God of all might. So God shows up and he tells Abraham, I'm the God of all might, and I want you to, 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 to follow me. And he says, all right, God Almighty, what? What are you in charge of? And he says, what I'm in charge of? everything i'm in charge of everything and i want you to go to the promised land where's that i'll show you when you get there just start walking and following me all right he makes covenant with abram 99 years old and he says so by the way the first thing i want you to do is take that rock over there and circumcise yourself i am god almighty who of you are glad you didn't meet god that way all right and so the relationship continues. So Abraham follows. He walks to the promised land about plus 3,000 kilometers. 
he walks and he's got his camels and his wife, she's right on board, believing him, right? Just, where are we going? I don't know. All right, but we're just following God Almighty. We're moving. We, we're going in a direction. And um, a covenant works like this. It's good for you, for your children, for your children's children, for your children's children's children. All right, everybody who calls upon that name. So we change names in, in covenant. That means whenever um, somebody cut covenant with me and they're in trouble, they can just say, I'm in covenant with this one. I can call upon that name. And they have to fulfill the covenant. They have to come to the party. So God says, I'm, I'm exchanging names. I'm God Almighty, and I want you to follow me. So for years and years, they just walk. And as I said, it's for your children's children, children's children. It goes on. So Abraham comes, and he, he had sons. He had Isaac and Jacob and those guys. So he said to them, listen, I just need to tell you about the God whom we serve, the God that we serve. And they say, okay, but who is it? He says, well, it's God Almighty. It's El Shaddai that we serve. So I just need to tell you that we're in covenant with El Shaddai. In covenant, so he tells his sons. So Abraham tells Isaac, Isaac tells Jacob, Jacob has got 12 sons. So he tells his sons, I need to tell you, we're in covenant with God Almighty, El Shaddai. So he's got 12 sons, and one of them is Joseph. You know the story about Joseph, how he ends up in Egypt. You see, God has got a plan, a purpose. So Joseph ends up in, in Egypt, and he ends up in jail, and they ask him, do you have a God? Do you serve a God? He says, yes, I've got. He says, who are your God? He says, well, I serve God Almighty. My parents told me so, my grandparents, so it was carried over. So, so we serve God Almighty. That's all that he knew. Is we're in covenant with El Shaddai, the God who's got all might. And generations ends up in slavery in Egypt. Israel, the chosen ones, Abraham, I'll bless you to be a blessing. I'll call you, I'll multiply you. You're going to be in a place where you're going to be a blessing to the earth. But now, where are they? They're ending up in slavery in Egypt, serving God Almighty. That's all they know. They never heard him speak. They never heard him do anything. They just know we ended up here in slavery somehow, some way, serving God Almighty. Not really being the blessing to the nations that God said, you'll be the blessing to all nations. So they're not feeling at a place where they really bless somebody else. They're in slavery. They're in bondage. So they ask, where is this God that's got all the might? The one that we serve, we're in covenant, where is he? And then all of a sudden, 500 years later, God shows up to Moses and he says, I am Jehovah, a name that they did not know me. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew me as God El Shaddai, the one who's got all might, but I appear in a new name, Jehovah. You see, this was a big shift for them now suddenly. For 500 years, they know El Shaddai. Now they come and say, I'm Jehovah, a name by which they did, not know, they did not know me. So in Exodus 12, he says this. He says, the first thing I want you to do as a people, remember, it started with Joseph and then a family. It started actually with a person, Abraham, who started walking. And then later, it became a nation. So the first thing God tells them when he actually speaks after 500 years is, I want you to kill a lamb, to have a meal, and to put blood on your doorposts. Not explaining anything other. He says, I want you to kill a lamb, I want you to eat a meal, and put blood on the doorposts. That's all that he said. And they didn't know why they put blood on the doorpost. They just did it because God Almighty said so. So we're doing. All right, so they just move. But then you see all of a sudden, God's starting to move as God Almighty. The Nile turns into blood. 
frogs appear everywhere, boils, plagues come, boils turn up on people, and Israel starts seeing that all the bad things happen to everybody around us except us. We don't know who's this God Almighty, but He's doing a pretty good job, don't you think? All right, so, so they, they started figuring out that bad things happen to people around us, but not us. So they think He's pretty impressive. So God says, I want you to kill a lamb, eat a meal, and seal the doors or, 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 or paint the doors with blood. So in a Hebrew covenant, the El Shaddai name didn't fall away. God was just growing and expanding, revealing more of who he is. Up to the place where Jesus says, I have manifested your name. So he comes and he says, now this, I'm not only El Shaddai, I'm Jehovah. I'm Jehovah who? So the whole testament as they walk, God reveals step by step who he is. He says, I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm the healer, the God who heals you. In other words, what he says is, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I come to acknowledge and become aware of your name. What? Everything that's in the name. What's in the name? God comes and says, I'm El Shaddai, I'm God of all might. What's in the name? He says, I'm Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals you. He comes to start showing himself. He says that, that this is, in other words, there's a supply of healing in the name that's available in the covenant. There's a supply of healing available in the covenant. If you, if you call upon that name, I have to come. Jehovah Rapha, I'm your healer. He says, I'm Jehovah Nisi, your, your victory, your provider. You see, he says, I'm, I'm Jehovah Shammach, the ever-present God. So he starts revealing an and, and ever-present God. That's what Jesus could say. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Because Jesus said, I manifested your name. I manifested. It was established. I'm Jehovah Shalom, the God of your peace. Tzitkinu, your righteousness. I am I'm Jehovah Mikadesh, your sanctifier. I am Jehovah Roy, your shepherd. And he comes progressively, just introduce himself as, as God, the one who's got the name Jehovah. For 500 years they knew him as El Shaddai, God of all might. And he's starting to say, as we walk in relationship, I'm your healer, I'm your provision, I'm your shepherd. You see, it was just one family in Egypt for a very long time. Not just a nation, a family. It was later on that they become a nation. And he says, I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as El Shaddai. But by my name, they did not know me. You know what it means for us? We've got an advantage over Abram. Abram knew God as God of all might, El Shaddai. We know Jesus, the one who said, I've manifested your name. Think about it. We know Jesus, the fullness. See, God says, there's no higher name that I could have sworn by. So when he got covenant with Abraham, he put him in a deep sleep and he says, I've sworn by my own name. Because we are unfaithful, but God is faithful. So he sent Jesus to come and say, Father, I've manifested your name. Everything that you are, I've done it, I've showed him. The one, we know the one who manifested the name. And sometimes we're still full of excuses. So in Exodus 20, God comes and he gives the Ten Commandments. 
and he speaks to them and, and the word describes it was like lightning and thunder and, and tongues of fire and all these things and the people got afraid and they say Moses stop let God stop speaking to us lest we die you go and speak to him but God comes and he proposes he says I'm proposing to you I want to I want to marry you I'm your God and you're my people I want to have a relationship and they say no all right just go and speak to God and you come and tell us what he says so they didn't choose him all right and God didn't choose them because they obeyed him he chose them because he loved them he chose them just because he had a plan and God says I'm gonna marry you if you ask someone to marry you and you reject it how are you gonna feel how are you gonna feel if if you see I had to make pretty sure I say the right things for Natasha to say yes but if you do your best and someone rejects your proposal, how do you feel? So God comes and he introduces us to Israel. I want to be in covenant. I want to marry you. And they reject him. They say no. They say, God, speak to, to Moses. Don't speak to us anymore. You see, and, and you know how God reacts on that? God reacts this way. Exodus 20 verse 24, he says, An altar of the earth you shall make for me and sacrifice on your burnt, in your burnt on it, your burnt offerings and your peace offerings, your sheep and your oxen, in every place where I cause my name to be remembered, I will, be, I will come to you and I will bless you. He says, in every place where you remember my name, I will come to you and I will bless you. I will come to you, I will bless you. They've just rejected the proposal of God, uh, the love of their life. They just said no. But he says, wherever you remember my name, I will come to you, and I will bless you. The word bless, we have the word that we say, I was last year in Congo, and now, so they speak French, so they're benediction. And we had to catch up on what they're actually saying. Benediction means to, 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 to bless. The word benediction comes from this. What it means is to bless. So we had a service tonight, and we said, let's bless. So in other words, when I call voter and he's going to, bless the service he says that we actually coming now and we calling just what happened now in this service as finished we calling it as finished what happened in this service so that's the same word bless as benediction to call what has happened now as finished so jesus says this he says wherever you call upon my name i will come to you and i will bless you i will call and this is what he says wherever you honor my name Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. I become aware of your name. What? What do I become aware of? Well, I'm Jehovah, your provider. Wherever you call upon my name and you bless my name, I will come and I will manifest that what you've called upon as finished over your life. Whatever you call upon, Jehovah Jireh, my provider, if you bless my name, I will come and I will manifest over your life that has finished amen i will come whatever you honor if you need healing you honor the name of jehovah rapha if you need provision you honor the name of jehovah jireh your provider your provision your banner your victory whatever you need you start honoring and you come and you become aware of and you speak that you release that so you speak it over your life so if you need provision you say jehovah jireh come you see what he says in the victory he says that that um other word that he says is, is this we hallow hallow thy name 
Now the Jews said this, is that they live that God is as close as the air that they breathe. God is as close as the air that I breathe. So Jehovah, my victory, means that my victory is as close to me as the air that I breathe. Whatever you bless, I will come and I will declare as finished of your life. So you honor the name, and that's what David writes. David writes in, in Psalm 103. He comes and he says this, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless it with all that's within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. It's beautiful. He says, Bless the name of the Lord. Jesus said it in Exodus. God says it. Wherever you call upon my name, and you bless it and you honor it, I will come to you and I will bless you. And David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all his benefits. What he says is, bless the Lord, O my soul, and do not forget all that's available to you in the name. Do not forget what's available to you in the name. There's benefits in the name of Jesus. The benefit of Jehovah Rapha is your healing. Right, the benefit of Je Jehovah Jireh is the provision. The benefit of, of Jehovah Mikadesh is your sanctification. Not that you earned it, it's just because. His name says he's your sanctification. And if we bless the Lord and bless his holy name, at that place God shows up. At that place we call upon him and we honor it. And whatever we honor, God comes and he calls it as finished over your life. He comes and he calls it. Let's just read through, through Psalm 103, Let, just one or two verses. He says, bless the Lord, all my soul. All that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and forget not all his benefits. He who forgives all your iniquities. The one who heals all your diseases. Who redeems you from the life, your life from the pit. Who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy. It goes down. Verse 10, he says, he does not deal with us according to our sins. That's a beautiful one. He does not deal to us according to our sins. How glad are you now? He does not deal to you according to your sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. You see, in covenant, you're completely free from all. You're free from the accusations that comes against us. If you bless the Lord, you call into remembrance at that place, God shows up and he calls it as finished over your life, what you've been blessing. So where does it end? It ends with Jesus, where he comes and says, Father, I've manifested your name. Jesus was the encapsulation, the completeness of the name, everything that's available. And that's why I said, um, Philippians 2, verse 9. He comments, the writer comments, and he says, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name, so that the name of Jesus every knee shall bow in heaven and in the earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Christ is the Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That at the name of Jesus, he's the encapsulation of Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Rapha, Nisi, your banner, your healer, your provision, your righteousness, your sanctification. When you enter into relationship, you enter into relationship with all those names, your peace, your glory. And that is what I said. When we're hidden in Christ, when Christ 
who is our life appears. When you hide in Christ, that means everything that the name entails is available to you. We have to run to that hiding place to be in Him. You see, we cannot, as I said, live a good Christian life. But we can let the life of Christ flow through us. And who is Christ? Well, He was the encapsulation of the names of God, the God of covenant. Not just from God of all might, but, but the one who loves you, the one who takes care of you, the one who says that you are my prized possession, the one who says that I want to wash you and cleanse you and that I want to walk in covenant with you. So Colossians 3 says this, I've been raised with Christ. So seek the things that are above. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on the earth. For you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. If you start understanding, whatever you can feel, you can serve. If you become aware of, if you become aware of God's presence, you can serve God's presence to people. You can let them experience and taste and see that the Lord is good. When you pray, this is what you should say. Let it be at the abundance, out of the abundance of your heart, that you say, Lord, this is what I'm saying. Hallowed be your name. I acknowledge, I render, I, come be, I become aware of everything that's hidden in you. You just need to be hidden in Christ. So take up the life of resurrection. Take up the, 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 the life that you said, I've died with Christ. I raised up in a new life. Just maybe close your eyes. And I want you for a minute to, as we say this, Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. What is your need? What is it that you need to become aware of? What is it that you need to bless? Because as, as David says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name and do not forget his benefits. As you become aware of what is the need, if you need to become aware of Jehovah Rapha, your healer, he says, whatever you acknowledge and you become aware of, and you bless that name, I can finish. I can declare it as finished. I can finish it over your life. So that when Christ who is your life appears, you will appear with Him in glory. Do you need healing, provision, sanctification, righteousness? I want you to just for a minute, but starting to call upon His name, starting to bless His name, say, Lord, I acknowledge you. I become aware of your name, that you are my healer that you're my provision, that you're my shepherd, that you are the one who goes before me, that you're not a man that you can lie, but that you're faithful. Just become aware of him. And he says, I'm ever-present. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm with you always and forever. That I'm the one who leads you with all peace. So, Father, it's my prayer tonight that we'll start understanding that we can be hidden in you, Lord, and that we can live a life through you, through the resurrection power, a life of victory and overcoming, and that we will become aware of your name and the fullness thereof, that we can rejoice and declare as well that Jesus, the name above all names, it's you we worship, it's you we praise. It's you we exalt. Those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So, Father, thank you, Lord, for 
having the name that's above all other names. And that we can be in relationship with you. And Father, I bless everyone here that they will know you are with them always and forever. And that we will call upon your name. God supplies the needs of those who honor him. He hears their cry and he saves them. So thank you, Father, that you're not deaf. But when we call, you hear us. And we just want to bless your name. We bless the name of Jesus. Just bless and lift up your name. And I see really in the spirit that God is going to start breaking through in your hearts. The seed, the implanted word of God, I really see breaking open and, and starting to bear fruit in your lives. Just allow God to keep on planting the word, the life in you, and you'll see life abundantly. Amen. Thank you.